Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. I want you to use Ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official Ombudsman of the Just First Play Podcast. You like apples? All right, here we go. We're back with another episode of the Just Press Play podcast. Pops and LJ in the booth with me. What is going on, guys? What's up? What's up? What's up? We're just just making it right on along through. I don't know about you guys. I think I know about LJ, but work from home and quarantine, it's it, it's getting a little less for me, but it's still a lot of time in my apartment. The days <laughs> are starting to run together yeah. still. Um. We got a lot I want to get into this week, and um, first, I just I just saw it, so I want to bring this up first. Tom Brady in a Bucks jersey is Ugh. as weird as I thought it would look. Ugh. I mean, they just released the jersey. Well, they released it on uh, what Tuesday night, so I, it, I I knew it was going to look funny. It just looks it just looks odd. I don't, I still don't know what to think about. It. I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Yeah, and it's not even like there's anything wrong with it. It's just it's not right. Like it's it's <laughs> like I don't know if you if I showed up with like short hair or something, it wouldn't be like a bad thing. It'd just be like what happened? Like where where did that come from? You yeah, know? It, it's it's just it's just weird. It's peculiar um, looking, no doubt. We have a lot. I want to get into in a little bit. I want to get into the MLB coming back. I want to, or well, maybe not coming back. The NBA and their shenanigans going on and, and all that. And if you wait till the end, we have a special opportunity for you to get a special gift from us. I did. We're going to talk a little bit about the documentaries that ESPN's put out recently. Long Gone Summer, which is kind of the steroid era in baseball a little bit. Steroid to heaven. <laughs> and and then uh, the Lance documentary of Lance Armstrong, which I have very conflicting thoughts about Lance Armstrong after watching that, but we'll get yeah. into it. Uh, but before we go, I wanted to ask you just because I thought about it. What's worse, sign stealing like the Astros did or taking steroids? Like what do you – like who who do you like think worse about? Do you think worse about the Astros or do you think worse about like Mark McGuire for you know, shooting up his butt with steroids? I have changed my mind about four <laughs> times in the last 30 seconds just now. <laughs> okay, okay. Wow. Where, you where do you stand currently? Uh, I think I sit currently on the steroids – Personally, and I think the reason why is my issue with steroids is that it forces people who are trying to make it into the league that aren't making millions of dollars to then do steroids to keep up and make it at some point. Whereas sign stealing is, I don't know, it, it just doesn't seem as bad to me. I don't know. I don't know. I, I have a, a retort to that. Do you want to go, Pops? Do you have something you want to? Well, I mean, I'll, I would tend to agree because sign stealing 
When you said like the Astros did, that put it at a different level. I think that's where I I, I swivered my mind because sign stealing is kind of like, if you're not trying, you know, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. You know, there's that a little bit, you know, I don't agree with cheating. A man who don't cheat for a poke. (laughs) He don't want it bad enough. But, uh, but yeah, I think steroids is better for a lot of the things. More, more bad. bad. More bad. More bad. For a lot of the reasons LJ said, I think, you know, it affects individuals that you almost have to take it to keep up. But, and they knew that the Astros were stealing them and, you know, it's obvious kind of that they were. So I'm, I'm, I'm with LJ. I think steroids is worse than, than sign stealing. Let me throw you this, though, with steroids. It wasn't like just Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire were taking steroids. The Mitchell Report came out, and it was a lot of players. The pitchers were also taking steroids. Right. So I think it was a little more even playing field, whereas the sign stealing, which I think it was more than just the Astros doing the extent they were doing, but I thought the Astros probably took it the furthest, and that means they're getting competitive edge that other teams are not. And I get your point, LJ, because there was a lot of stuff about back in the day where – the minor leagues tested a lot harder for steroids because they didn't want to let, you know, dirty guys get up into the majors, whereas the majors were a lot linear on it. And we can get on the documentary because it sounds like they might have known but didn't want to know type of thing. Sure. But that's not fair to the minor league guy. So I get your point. That's not fair for the guy who's trying to get up but can't because the guy right above him is juicing up. Well, and, and imagine sucks. the high schooler who's trying to decide, do I want to try to make this my career? When do you start juicing, right? Like Right, right. And But, but... The same goes for the sign stealing, whereas there was a, there's like, a, I forget the pitcher's name now, but there was a pitcher who said after he got rocked by the Astros, gave up like nine runs in three innings, he got sent down to the AAA and never, and, since yeah. ha- and then I think he's like pitching overseas. So it screwed a lot of people's career that way too. I think sign stealing is worse. Now, steroids is probably worse for the, the human body, obviously, but well, and I sign stealing is a bigger cheater to me. One thing to keep in mind is you don't get punished for either of them, really. So yeah, sure. They just they just kind of go like, well, I mean, you might not get to the Hall of Fame for sure, sure steroids, but and a manager could get, get fired. Into, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get into long gone summer and some more steroid stuff. But I just that that thought crossed my head multiple times while watching it, so I wanted to see what you guys. It's a good. It's a good and question. It's a tough. It's a good question. Yeah, it's a very good question. Well, the fact that LJ changed his mind <laughs> five times in thirty seconds. I mean, um. <laughs> And we're going to get into sports coming back, but we do, before we get into some topics, there is no shortage of action going on over with our partners at betonline.ag. New sponsor. New sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. The sports world is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July. We'll see if all players are coming. We'll get into that. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play, and Bet Online has the best odds and lines for their upcoming games and matches. Need more? Bet Online has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for all the default gamblers out there. I don't want to raise my hand, but possibly. <laughs> um, Bet Online also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the biz. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device. You know, pop on the iPhone or Android. You can do it anywhere. And join now to receive your welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. Go go talk to them. Now, usually we have to tell you, like, tell them the Just Press Play pod sent you or put in a promo code. But LJ, correct me if I'm wrong, 
Bet online is just good to everybody. Yeah, They're so, just so you don't even have to be. Uh, this is not exclusive just to the listeners of Just Press Play. Like, you know, they have this deal where you can just come in. It's on their front page, the welcome bonus, which is an extra 50% uh, added to the top of your sports betting bankroll. Um, all you have to do is go to their front page and it's it's right there i mean you just i'm looking at it right now you just click on it and it'll take you there so and, and they're gonna see, add 50 percent to whatever i put in yes sir okay. yes sir sweet 50 percent of two dollars is what is that it's that's a, a dollar that's a buck okay. <laughs> cool i got a free dollar coming my way <laughs> big, big better there. <laughs> that's pretty sweet because sometimes you get on and you're like ah oh, crap what was the promo code i don't remember was it jpp one was it was it play it could be anything bet online's like no just tell your boys tell your girls tell them all come over here get your wager on and win some money that is betonline.ag all right before we get into some sports stuff though obviously everyone knows there's a lot of stuff going on in the world besides just the pandemic there's a lot of stuff with protest and and unrest in the nation and lj i believe you've attended a few different black lives matter marches and uh Chicago. Yeah. I just wanted to kind of get your what just just what what's going on? What what, what have well, you seen? What so you I've been to I think like six in the Chicagoland area. Most of them have been like in my very, very local area. Um, but you know, all over the city and just outside of the city I've been to. Um and so I'll give you a few highlights and lowlights. Um the coolest one that I went to, uh there was this uh this march on it was actually Hannah and Nala's birthday, and uh we shout marched out. shout out. And we marched from uh, Union Park to uh, Calibri Green. And if uh, if you want some interesting Chicago history of uh, of race um, and the way that Chicago dealt with it in the past, Google Calibri Green. Uh, there's a lot of history there. But uh, we uh, we marched. There were thirty thousand plus people. Um, we spanned over twenty one blocks as we were walking. We walked about five miles. And we and there were zero arrests. Um, and this was, you know, this was early, early June. So this was when tensions were very high. And uh, I just think that that was a really cool thing. Um, I've got there's this video that I can post on our, our website that really it, it, it's really cool to see this many people um, unified for a cause. Um, and I was pretty proud of that. Um, another um, highlight is the amount of youth that I'm seeing. You know, they're they're definitely paying attention to the world around them. Um, I've seen students that I uh, that that I would go to the school that I work at, um, and I've seen um, a lot of youth-led things. Like they, I went to one protest that was the leader of the protest was a 17-year-old, and uh, it's just been really cool to see these people um, who are very eloquent, especially for their age, but just in general, and and very strong um, leading the way. And I just I that was it's it's been super cool to see unified voices uh fighting for something that people believe in and and so that's been a lot of fun um well and i think it's to that point it's really cool to see because i do think a lot of this movement is the fact that younger people because it, it needs to go from generation to generation and yeah. to see so many young people really stepping up and i mean th there's a lot of issues going on in this country but one thing is your voice can be heard and mm. to see young people making their voice heard and yeah it, it's really cool it's really cool to see it and especially like you said with the 17 year old leading yeah group. Um, I'll give a couple of lowlights real quick. I don't want to end necessarily too much on a down note, but I think we're going to go to fun stuff, so it doesn't really matter. Um, a couple lowlights have been we went to a protest uh, yesterday where we were going to go march to our alderman's office uh, who had office hours scheduled um, and and try to ask why does she not support this bill that would give accountability um, to the citizens to oversee the police. 
And uh, she wasn't there, which is uh, to be expected. I mean, it is COVID. And uh, I also don't think I would be in my office if I knew 400 people were marching towards it. Um, So, you know, I I can't hardly just being honest. Yeah. (laughs) Um, However, uh, the problem, the downside with this march was that there were there were about 400 Albany Park residents there. And there were, I would say, 200 cops, uh, about five vehicles in front of us and about five vehicles behind us. Um, undercover cops all over the place as we walked by, you'd see them in unmarked cars just sitting there just in case. And it's like, what, what, how do you need this much of a police presence when there's 400 people just kind of walking down the road? Like, it's not like there hasn't been violence in Chicago in weeks. And, uh, I mean, I just, don't they have better things to do? Like if, if they're solving all these crimes for us right now, like what they're just, they're just watching us walk around while nothing happens. You know what I mean? Like that's frustrating. I get what you're saying, but just a little bit of devil's advocate. Okay. I mean, from the from what I've seen here in Little Rock, most things have been very peaceful, and that's what you love to see. But it doesn't take it, it doesn't take, and I think a lot of times when these get very violent, it's not a group; it's it's a few bad actors. So, I think it is worth possibly having people there to shut it down quickly, yeah, make sure nothing but to have- gets out of hands because. There was stuff in Chicago over there on Magnificent Mile that was shot. It was a while ago. It was earlier. Yeah, on, it was almost. A there month was some ago stuff now. that was it was mind blowing to see of of some of the stores getting looted into. So I mean, I kind of get monitoring it, but at the same point, Chicago was also the same town where there was the video resurfaced of like right when all the looting that I'm referring to in Magnificent Mile there was like. 16 cops chilling in a break room. Yeah. In the, the office of a former off. black Panther that hates the police. Um, and they claimed he gave him permission and used his coffee and made popcorn um, and took naps so on his that, couch. So it's interesting to see that happen. And then what you're talking about happened. I mean, it is, I'll just say, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to try to be an extremist or anything. I'm just saying that it did feel absurd that that many people were there, that, that we were towards the end of the protest, we were outnumbered by cops two to one. Why are they still there? You know, there doesn't need to be that many people there um, and they're getting paid to be there and that they're I'm paying them to be there. Like, it just feels like um, a waste of taxpayer money and it feels like uh, um, almost potential to incite something. Right. Like um, there doesn't need to be that sort of presence. If if they all went home, we wouldn't have anybody to protest at. You know what I mean? Like we were just walking down the street. And so if there was like three guys there, it would be we'd just get bored and go home. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know. Um, and then the other, I'll give one quick little other low light is the amount of times that, um, there have been, so I've been at protests that have had sort of like open mic situations and the amount of times, uh, someone gets up to like co-opt the, the protest to be about their views. And it is almost always about a 35 year old white guy, um, who, who then steals the microphone from say a young Latinx woman or something like that to say, that, uh, you know, we need to have socialism now. And it's like, that's not what this is about guy. Like you're, you don't need to turn like, this is, this is for a reason. And it's just sickening to see a whole bunch of privileged people get up on the mic and explain that they know the solution to all of our problems. You know what I mean? Like I'm not getting up on the mic. This is not my time to speak. This is my time to listen. Um, and so that's been just a little bit disappointing to see, but. Well, I did want to bring up some other points and this was something that kind of Touched me earlier. Uh, I saw, you know, a rallying cry for some of the protesters has been defund the police or or in some cases disband the police departments and at some even saying abolish them completely. And I know, like, to me, these sounded kind of radical. I was like, whoa, I, I, I don't know. I'd like to know more before I get behind any of these. 
but they're really they're not new and i didn't know maybe y'all have known about all these before but to me before i really researched i didn't know what defund the police really meant yeah and from what i looked up and again we've said this we say this just about with every topic we discuss regardless if it's race or we're sports experts or, at nothing or gambling <laughs> Um, But I just want to start with defunding the police. In most cases, this type of reform is less about eliminating the police departments and more about reallocating the money that funds them to address the root causes of crime. So like one, for example, the Black Lives Matter of L.A. proposed a budget that would cut police funding from more than 50 percent of the total city budget to just under 6 percent. And then about a quarter of that new budget would support, quote, reimagined community safety That community safety would fund service like family counseling, gang and domestic violence prevention, and community-led crisis response, according to the Black Lives Matter from L.A. So it's not like saying, screw the police, defund them, and someone's just going to make a bunch of money. It's like saying, let's put that money to possibly making their better resources for these areas that that end up getting gang violence or end up getting domestic abuse violence. And I think that that, that's not crazy. well, I, I'll tell you. Oh, and Dad, do you have something to say? I don't want to. Well, I think that it, no, but I, I think well, I did have something to say to that. But it, it's like reallocating resources instead of building more prisons, perhaps building more therapy, you know, or more family rehabilitation. Uh, sure, right, right. Let's let's try to hit the problem before it's we have to lock somebody up. Yeah, right. That's right. what defunding the police is. It's just reallocating resources. Exactly. Um, yeah. It, which, which I, you know, I'm not against. I, I worry about going from 50% to 6%, uh, like you said, I guess in LA, but they're going to use a lot of that for therapeutical. Uh, that's probably not the right term, but for rehabilitation type well, services. I just, I just wanted to make a point and I'm going to throw to you, LJ. I just wanted to, when I saw, when I first hear defund the police to me, and I want to kind of bring up disband the police also, but when I first hear those, I think, I don't know. I'd like to be able to call 911. We need police, you know, I think. Yeah. And I just think these, it's not as, it sounds radical. To me, at least, it sounded radical. And I just think it's worth at least looking into if you haven't. And maybe you still disagree. That's fine. That's what is great. We can disagree. But I just, when I first heard it, I was like, whoa, now. And then now that I've done a little more research, I might be a little more behind it. But LJ, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, as as I try to think of uh, the reasons that I would call 911 in my area, very, very few of them do I want a guy with a gun to show up. You know what I mean? Like, for the most part, people are calling the police because their neighbors are having a loud party. Or they're calling the police because uh, somebody's missing. Or they're calling the police... Um, because, because, uh, kids are playing with fireworks out in the alley. And, uh, and so the only people that you can call right now to deal with so many situations in the city of Chicago and most other places are the police, but we do have like specialized teams like the firefighters and all they have to do is one job. They just fight fires. Um, they also do some help with EMT stuff, but if police jobs were more specialized and we had other entities to deal with other things, then I do think communities would start to trust police more instead of being afraid of them because, you know, you have a guy with a gun showing up to deal with a speeding ticket or you have a guy with a gun to show up and deal with a, a parking And as violation. we've learned, it only takes, you know, even if even if you were seriously afraid of your life, you could accidentally 
think someone's pulling a gun out and they pull a phone out. And once you pull that trigger. Yeah. You can't unpull it. Yeah. Can't take it back. Yeah. And so, um, and so I think like, uh, I, I'll go on record as being pro defund the police because I, I just think that there are some situations where police are useful and warranted, but I'd say most of what they respond to their training is not useful towards. And so I would love to have different sorts of trained individuals that specialize in different sorts of situations that can be called to deal with other situations. That's just my yeah. thought. Go ahead. Well, Mark. I was going to say sometimes, and it was kind of like what you were talking about earlier, LJ, they had maybe 200 policemen for a 400 people march. They didn't know there was only going to be 400 people. You know, you, you don't, right. you don't know, you don't know when you, you don't know when you respond. So, so yeah. What if, what if, you know, you come to a gunfight with a knife, you know, sort of, you know, to use the old cliche. I mean, I agree. Guns bring a whole nother level to everything. No doubt about that. But, you know, you don't go, I mean, there's been speeding tickets that have turned into really bad things. So mm-hmm. you never know. It, it, but I think so to, to we, respond to both of those, the the thought about the over policing of our protest. I mean, once they realized that there were 400 of us there, they could have sent people home. Right. Like you can just perhaps. why do you need them to be working this just because you said they could? I mean, that almost seems like you're abusing the budget that we give you. Um, and then. Uh, to respond to, you know, you always have to be prepared. I think a huge problem we have is that people carry guns because they're afraid of confrontation with them. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that uh, more often than not, the the issues that because police have basically two jobs, they either um, arrest or shoot like there's not really a lot of other power that they have in in healing situations and deescalating situations. Um, and so See, it is, I, I think that's their main job, LJ is deescalating situations and perhaps more training for cops because, and let me say this, I know I interrupted you, but yeah, you're good. Here's where I'm never scared if a cop comes, I'm a white guy. I understand that, that it's different perhaps for people of color. I, I do. I get that, but we need to get where people aren't scared when the cops are called, the cops are going to come and they're trained in deescalating the situation. That's what I want a policeman to do and maybe well, but they yeah, use yeah. their training budget on oftentimes things like warrior training. If you haven't looked that up, you definitely should. It's a, it's training that, uh, that fetishizes, um, uh, 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 vigilanteism and, uh, that you come in and you need to be ready to kill somebody when you come to work today. And, and okay. it, uh, and instead of guardianship, right? Like we would trust the police if they had guns, but their primary role was, to make sure that their uh, district has no shootings, right? But instead, they're taught um, at a lot of these trainings. The Minneapolis department um, had a huge problem with this that the mayor tried to walk back a year ago, that they were being trained um, to to be ready for violence in any situation um, and be ready to kill at any situation. And that's why Philando Castile... When he told, you know, he he did exactly what you would do, Dad, if you had a gun on you um, and when you got pulled over in a car, you would tell the police officer, I have a gun on me. I'm going to reach into my pocket and grab my registration. And then he was shot seven times at close range with his girlfriend and his girlfriend's daughter in the car. Um, I, I did. I, you can't are, like I understand why people don't trust the police, because it just seems to happen so often that we get these stories of people doing exactly what we say you should do this and you'll never have an issue. And then it, they are killed for it, you know? Well, and I did and my point and I'm, I, I'm happy. So you're willing to stand by. I think that's what's great. Is someone standing behind a movement and you're saying I'm pro defund the police, yeah. which is good. I'm not sure if I'm ready for, to be pro either one, but where I got to was for sure. 
it's worth doing actual research and not just hearing the first thing. Like, let's go to d- disband the police. When I first heard disband the police, I'm like, whoa, Nelly, defund's one thing. Now you're talking about getting rid of it, but that it's not as what it, it, it means. And actually, it's been done before. Like Camden, New Jersey yeah. took this approach in 2012 after crime levels hit record high. The city laid off its entire staff, overhauled training to emphasize community policing, and then rehired about 40% of officers. And since this reform, reform, the Camden County Police Department has seen an 85% drop in excessive force complaints. This is according to the county director. And finally, the, 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 the most radical one for some of these police reforms involves abolishing the police altogether. And that's similar to defunding approach. Most of the activists in this camp are in favor of strengthening social and community service in police law, police and law enforcement. So I just think I'm not like I said, I don't know which what I'm behind or if I if I even am pro either any of them. But it's just worth before you go F that I'm not disbanding the police. Just look up what has it ever happened. Yeah. And then I think you'll go. Okay, well, there's possibility this could work. Well, and and also just to throw out like a little other thought is we've been defunding schools for at least a dozen years now. We've been been defunding the arts for as long as I've been working in them. Um, Defunding is something we do all the time, especially, you know, if a school doesn't perform well, they lose federal grants. And uh, then when they start doing well, they get the money back. So the idea of schools losing money when they don't do well, but police getting more money when they don't do well, um, it creates a cognitive dissonance in my brain that I have a hard time handling. So um, that's where I stand right now. And and that could change tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're all trying to well, do I the think right the beauty thing, is right? Be able to change. Yeah. Like just, it, it's okay. You might, <laughs> this is a crazy thought. I know it's possible. You're wrong. Whether it's <laughs> when I think the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl this year, I might be wrong. I'm willing to be open to that possibility. Yeah. And so just whatever it is, just understand that you, you might have been wrong. Yeah. It's okay to say, yep, I was wrong. Yeah. And I, people well, aren't going to go, screw you, you had that opinion that was wrong. Well, like, 100%. No, we clearly, we're at a, a place in history where we probably need to try something different. And so yeah. so I'm I'm ready and open to, to trying something different that may work better because what we have is not working. To my I, satisfaction, I and, right. and and certainly not the to people of color satisfaction. We could try something. Well, different. that's one of my Everybody. favorite things. Is Everybody. I feel like every major city should probably have a slightly different plan. So then, in five, ten years, we can look and be like, what's effective, and why is it effective mm-hmm. here, whereas it wasn't effective here, and because not every city needs to be policed the same way. I mean, we we like one of my, uh, you know, one of the best arguments for the Second Amendment being, uh, you know, guns rights and guns right to advocates is in Chicago, it, there's not a lot of it situations where you want the citizens to have guns, but in Montana where you have like a much later police arrival time, if you call them, sometimes having a gun on you is life or death, you know? Um, and so I think like America is made up of a bunch of really tiny, different, unique places and we should try different approaches everywhere. And, and some will be great and some will not. And then we adjust and fix and, you know, I feel like y'all, both of you guys just hit on a, a perfect point. It's just time. We're at a point in history. Let's just rethink and try to be, use the most effective approach in every city. And, and it might not be the same for Chicago as it is for, you know, New York, middle or, of nowhere, Arkansas yeah. or something. Oh yeah, so yeah, certainly. Let's just think about it. I will say one thing that has not been effective has been Rob Manfred's uh, way of getting the MLB back into baseball. Okay. Uh, that is not working. So last week, LJ, Rob Manfred said publicly that 100, baseball, baseball in 2020 will, quote, 100% happen. 
Then not five days later on Monday, he talked to Mike Greenberg, our boy Greeny, and said he is, quote, isn't confident there will be a season wow, this year. Wow, that's a shift. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's a big time change. Yep. <laughs> um, the owners, and the main thing that kind of is happening is the owners continue to dig in their heels over the idea of losing any money and more so the idea of paying the players what seems like an adequate amount. Like, <laughs> we talked about it before, like the shift from, they were like, that the guys who make $33 million will now make, you know, a third of that. Yeah. I understand they're playing less games, but what what I what it seems like we're getting to, and a couple of players were so quick to point this out, and the owners, it seems like the owners want to play as few games as possible to fulfill TV contracts. So they want to play the games, but they want to play very few of them just to fulfill those contracts so they can get that, that TV. So money. they get paid, right? Right, and then they get into the money making playoffs. Then they can play the full playoffs. Make that's where they get their eyeballs. Let's be honest. Like I don't watch regular season baseball hardly ever. I will right. throw on a playoff baseball game. Me too. But with the two sides closing in on a deal too early, and this is something that Trevor Bauer was talking about, Manfred needed to buy time. This was what he was saying baseball is doing. It's an old uh, negotiation tactic. He's trying to buy time so they can play less games because they play if they if they end up getting to a 100% prorated contract, which is what the players are advocating for, which doesn't sound crazy. You know, it's prorated for the amount of games you play, but it's still 100%. They were trying to do before their first offer was a prorated contract of 50% of your contract. Oh. And the last thing, then they moved up to 80%. But so Manfred is given this ominous, terrible thing. And it makes it sound like the players keep declining. The players keep turning down the owners. When in, when in hindsight, really, the owners are kind of not even throwing out legit offers. And they're just trying to wait until we can go, okay, here's a 50-game season. Let's play 50 games. We'll prorate you, pay you all the amount for those 50. But it'll be less since it's 50, not 84 or 100. Well, help me understand. So, I, I'm a little lost on that, Kevin. So say a season's 162 games, right? Okay. So if they play exactly half, I don't know what that would be, 81 games. Wouldn't, Quick math. What wouldn't, shouldn't I get paid 50% of my salary? But is that not what baseball's offering? Right now, the latest offer they were saying will give you a prorated contract at 80% of your salary. So they so, so if we played offer to if we played eighty one games they would give me fifty percent times eighty percent is what you're saying yeah. why what is their reasoning for that because they're saying they're losing so much money they're no ticket sales no stadium not sales ticket sales not yeah which the owners are losing money that is true the owners are the thirty billionaires in this yeah. equation well oh, and, but- and the other thing is you're not necess- like a, a baseball player also gets paid to keep in shape right so they're they're getting paid for their year round um, attempts at being a good baseball player um and and they don't get to take a less effort because there are less people in the crowd like that's crazy to me that that's a factor in their already signed contracts you know what I mean mm-hmm. well I think you know, we have, I'm in the gas business and sometimes gas margins are good and sometimes they're bad. And you know, when they're bad, I don't go and say, Hey, you know, well, I still get paid the same. I I guess that's maybe one thing to say that just came to mind, but I mean, my company takes it on the chin. And then when, when things are really good, I still get paid the same amount and they, and they make more. So it seems to me a baseball player's career say is 10 years, whatever it is, the money that that baseball player is losing this year is never coming back. Yeah. Ever, ever, yeah, ever. You know what? The, the, but the owner's career. The owners <laughs> own it, though. So next yeah. year when yeah, things yeah. are good, if they are, I mean, we never know. That's a gamble being an owner. That's risk return. So yeah. next year, if it's really good and that 
and that baseball team makes 100% more profit than they did, you know, he's still going to pay the players whatever he's obligated to, but he's going to keep that extra money. You know, so. you know what I can tell you, Luke, bad? If for uh, for fans like us three who would rarely watch a regular season game, if then after this year every sport found a way to come back and baseball never played a game, I just lost even more interest. What what interest was there? I just lost even more because yeah. I'm like oh, they're kind of they're kind of being dickheads. I don't know. I just don't I don't want to get behind that. Not playing I think would really hurt baseball, and they're already to me I don't know. They might be the least one of the least popular sports, yeah. major sports in the U.S. Now I know there's some baseball fanatics, and a good baseball game is fun to watch, but I just think not playing this year is going to kill. Well, and it's also we've talked about before. It seems like it's the most logical of the major uh, American sports to be able to play during a pandemic because there's a lot less touching of each other. Um, right. So there's not, you really don't touch each other. Like in football, you're literally tackling someone in baseball. Or blocking or yeah. Tagging them. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe there's a collision at home plate, but right. LJ, you're well, so then you right. could but, literally wear a glove on your throwing hand, right? And no, never yeah. touch the baseball. I mean, yeah. you could. That's an option. You could. Yeah. 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 Um, it might change how you throw it. I well, don't but, know, uh, but, but maybe pitchers could. are the only people that, or have a bare hand on the glove, you know, like that seems reasonable. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. It's funny to me, these nego- so the, I get the negotiating tax, but what it would have been, you know, it's funny, just go 20 years ago, my rod man for him, if he makes these, this claim, like, I don't know if we'll ever play. What we end up hearing is he talks to the reporter. He tells them that I don't, the players have turned down yet another offer. I just don't know if we're going to play. It would take, that's, that's what's reported the next morning in, in the newspapers. And that's what us fans would see we would see oh the players turned down another offer yeah but now with social media the players have literally right after Manfred said that a bunch of players took straight to social media like hey hey let's just be honest yeah. now yeah let's put out what you're offering right. before we just go yeah the players keep declining and so it's just different the way players do have more of a voice now and it, it yeah unfortunately the the owners using unfortunately for them yeah the owners using a 1990 uh, negotiating tactics not working in 2020 who would have thunk it but <laughs> Um, another league looking to come back and it looks like they are for sure coming back is the NBA. And I know we've talked about their plan to play in Disney at Orlando. And I think that's, that's for sure going to happen. But recently over the past weekend, there was all of a sudden a big player movement on whether they should or should not return as players and players are allowed to skip it if they want. Now they won't get paid. Obviously you don't go to work. You don't get paid, but the big, it was interesting to me that the, the, it was led by Kyrie Irving who's who's part of the NBA PA and he was saying and, and part of this LJ was it it was like concern about coronavirus but also concern that one of the big concerns was and Dwight Howard voiced this specifically in a statement to uh, CNN saying that he didn't want to take away from the Black Lives Matter movement sure and that basketball would instead of teams or or networks covering the protests in the movement they would cover basketball games which would take away their voice now, interesting perspective. There's been very many arguments that are like, well, this is now you have the bigger voice than you've ever had because we're going to be watching all your basketball games in your post game press conferences. Yeah. And you can talk about basketball or you can talk about whatever the hell you want to. It's funny to me. At least in basketball. Yeah, if it were the NFL, it'd be guys. a different conversation. But yeah, yeah true. <laughs> it's, it's funny to me. And this is what I want to throw to you guys is Kyrie Irving got killed because Kyrie Irving is placed for the Nets. The Nets likely will not make a run for the championship. Yeah. And Kyrie Irving has said a lot of. Crazy things, you know. He's Mister Flat yeah. Earther. Yeah, yeah. He's it, and I think a lot of times Kyrie Irving says thought provoking things, but he usually follows that up with like a huh <laughs> kind of thing. So yeah. like he's just a 
He's an interesting guy. If LeBron would have said the same thing, I think people would be like, look at LeBron thinking things through and really questioning. And that's what I thought Kyrie Irving was doing. It was funny. Friday, last Friday, it was just Kyrie Irving doesn't, like the reports for Kyrie Irving doesn't want players to play. All of a sudden, he doesn't want, he's trying to lead this group not to play. And a bunch of people were like, oh, he just doesn't want a championship to get one when they're not going to win a championship. But then the quote came out that Kyrie Irving said, if it's worth the risk, then let's go on and do it. But if you're not with it, that's okay too. We've got options for both ways. Let's just come to middle ground as a family. I think I actually respect what Kyrie Irving's doing. Yeah. As hey, let's just talk about it. Yeah. Is this the right way to go? And if you feel like playing, go play. That seems like a valid conversation that should be had. Absolutely. (laughs) Seems like a fair question. Now I yeah. But but it got turned into, oh, here we go. Crazy Kyrie again. Mr. Flat Earther is and I think I would probably stand on the side that says you have a bigger voice now if you come back as an NBA player than you would any other time. Like right now, especially if you're the only league back, we're just so thirsty for sports that everybody's going to be watching this. And like I said, you can go in the post-game interview and go, I just didn't really shoot good. Or you can go in the post-game interview and not answer any questions about basketball. And <laughs> you say, well, talk about I didn't shoot good from behind the tray, but Black Lives Matter. And uh, my free throw percentage was up, but Black Lives Matter. And uh... <laughs> Right. So You could do that. So yeah. I, <laughs> But I just think it's funny. We just, I just, it's worth Kyrie's getting dragged or got dragged through the mud simply for raising what I think is at least valid concerns. Yeah. Now, whether you agree or not, it's valid. And it was interesting. It, it, it seemed like we were killing the messenger, not the message. If it would have been a different messenger, we would have been. Yeah, more. I but agree that, with you. But that messenger has said some very <laughs> peculiar things before. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, he set himself up for this a little bit, right? I mean, oftentimes yes, our I mean, geniuses you, also you nut jobs at the same swim. time. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. a fine line. Okay? It's a fine line. <laughs> and I, I, I just as a to, to be the opposite of you, Kevin, I wanted to throw out another reason why Kyrie could be absolutely correct is if your goal is to have feats on the ground, feats, feats, on the ground at protest, <laughs> then, uh, you know, but you got a, you got a bulls game on a, on a Saturday night, then, uh, that might really kind of play into how many people show up to a protest. It would be a, a fair reason to object, but also, you know, I, I don't know that that's necessarily the right thought. It's just a thought. Yeah. It's just, I just think it's whether, whether it Kyrie ends up players go, okay, that was a decent thought, but nah, it's just worth, you know, Question things, all things, whether it be returning to the NBA or anything, just just question it, and maybe you learn the answer, and it was not what you thought, but that's fine. Just question things. Yeah. Well, um, I think it's only fair to say uh, Patrick Beverly <laughs> said basically, if LeBron says he's hooping, we're hooping. <laughs> I wish I had the tweet pulled up, but yeah, he pretty much was like real talk. If LeBron's hooping, we're hooping. We're hooping. <laughs> it's just business. <laughs> I think he said it's just business. Oh, yeah. that's great. Hey Kev, um, I did see. If this I wanted thought, to oh, bet ahead, on ahead. the NBA if it does uh, have a season, where could I do that? Well, but, funny you would ask. Yeah, there's actually a place I would recommend, and it's BetOnline.ag. Okay, Bet okay. Online has got it all. I, there's no shortage of that. I know it's a little bit of shortage in viewing for us in sports because we're still patiently waiting mm-hmm. for the NFL, NBA, MLB, whatever it is, but. The sports world is making its comeback, and right now you can already go to bet online and bet on UFC, boxing, NASCAR, international soccer. They're all playing, and you want to know where the best lines and odds are, LJ? Where, where is that? Please. BetOnline.ag. <laughs> okay. They are perfect. BetOnline, ha- and if you if you want to bet on some simulated things, they got simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day. So if you just need to get that itch, if, if you got that itch to gamble, you, j- you just got to scratch it. Bet online will let you scratch it over there. 
And the best part, you visit Bet Online on your computer right now or on your mobile device, you can receive your welcome bonus. And as LJ said earlier, if for some reason you missed the, the earlier part of this podcast, the welcome bonus is for everybody. This isn't just for JPP listeners. You can go tell your brother, your sister, your cousin, your daddy, your mama. Tell them all. Go to betonline.ag. Get your welcome bonus. Get 50% extra on your deposit. Betonline.ag. Your online wagering experts. Test, test, one, two. Uh, you know, I, I did just go to the website for, for some, it looks like it's the second time. Um, but uh, I did see that they also, if you've got some cryptocurrency that you want to unload, they give you a hundred percent bonus back on it and give you 5% above market value on your Bitcoin. So, Boy. you know, if you're trying to get rid of some Bitcoin and gamble with some sports, I think we know the place. Hmm. Just go holler at our people over <laughs> at betonline.ag. Um, LJ, and pops both. Um, I wanted. To, I meant to bring this up earlier, but I forgot. The uh, Shams Charania, Char- Charania. He has a hard name to. Play. The guy who works for Yahoo. He's a, he kind of breaks. He's he's not quite Woj, but he's right below Woj and kind of the okay. bombs for the NBA. He put out what the NBA Orlando campus. The NBA told uh, players what their campus is going to look like once they arrive. Okay. Listen to this stuff. The hotel amenities will be a player only lounge, which has NBA 2K TVs and gaming all available. There will be pools and trails. Barbers will be available at any point. And you can also have manicures or pedicures at any point while there. God. There will be 24-hour VIP concierge. Concierge? Concierge? Concierge. Perfect. Thank Yeah. Yeah, Yes to all. (laughs) Daily entertainment. And what falls under that category is movie screenings, DJ sets, video games, ping pong, pool, and lawn games. And players can attend any of the other games they would like to, which... Gets ah. me to the point that I cannot wait to see. I want to see Joel Embiid on the sideline of like a Rockets game just talking mad shit to James Harden. That, <laughs> that would be so great. funny. That would be great. <laughs> that just sounds like summer camp for grown adults, does it not? Yeah, it, it does. does. It sounds <laughs> can I still get? Can I still get drafted to the NBA or is it too late? Yeah. Well, you can get signed if you're good enough. That the last There's the problem. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> the problem. <laughs> If I work on one skill like footwork alone, do you think I can get in or what, like if what I start today? Thing? What was our thing? Could you get five rebounds in a game? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you could. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. All right. Well, we haven't been able to watch sports, but we have watched a few documentaries. And first, I want to bring up, we've all watched the uh, Lance documentary, right? The Lance Armstrong one? Yes. Yes. It wasn't the last Lance, right? That's not what it was called. It was just Lance. Just, just Lance. Okay. Lance. Um, I'll, my initial... Initial thought watching it, one, I didn't really know. I knew a lot of, like, I was very young, but I just knew Lance Armstrong was really good. He overcame cancer and sold the Livestrong bracelets. If you didn't have that Livestrong bracelet. You were not cool. What, yeah, what were you doing? <laughs> and then he got busted for cheating. I didn't realize, I knew he kind of, like, wasn't asked people. Lance Armstrong raised a lot of money for cancer. Good job. Appreciate good you. Good job, Lance. He You're was right. a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> like a total dickhead. What were your thoughts watching it, Pops? Pretty much that. I think he was a guy that, I mean, you know, he grew up, he didn't have a dad. For He had a stepdad for a very little bit amount of time. I think he had a mom that probably couldn't keep up with him. And he just mm-hmm. did whatever the hell he wanted, wherever the hell he wanted, however the hell he wanted. And I think he just got to be a really big fan of Lance. 
and yeah. th- thought he could I, do he no wrong. He still is, by the way, yeah. from that documentary. I yeah. think he still is a very big fan of Lance. Yeah. He's a big fan. Um, I, LJ, you watch it. Oh, go ahead. I didn't, co- I didn't come out liking him anymore. I can tell you that. Uh, probably liked him about the same as I did going in. I think I think he just ball-faced lied about people and really hurt people and didn't yep. even care about the consequences. He bullied people. I mean, He bullied and lied and, bullied and only he cares because he, he got caught, I think. Yeah. I agree. What LJ, you watched it most recently. What do you think? Well, I mean, I think I agree with all that you guys are saying, but I, I do want to, I don't know, I guess defend him a little bit, um, which, I, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't care. But uh, I do think that, like, if everybody in the league, if everybody in cycling is doing it, then why is it such a terrible thing for him to have done it? Especially when, I mean, he, like, he did much greater things than the sport of cycling allows. You know what I mean? Like what he did for the world is better than what any other cyclist could have ever done before or probably now after Lance Armstrong. So I do think that he deserves a, I mean, he shouldn't be a shithead to people, but like, I don't know if you're weighing things out utilitarianism wise, he did more good than evil. The world's probably a better place. He did a lot of evil because he's been around. Yeah. 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 And like what the documentary did show is like Lance Armstrong was, and I think that we'll get in the same thing with the long gone summer when we get into that. But these people who took HGH or steroids or whatever they performance enhancing drugs, a lot of the ones that ended up being at the, the, the top of the hit list were they were really good, but they were also really good without the performance enhancing. Like Lance Armstrong was a beast at what was it? The triathl- triathlons they were showing. Like he was an athlete. He was really good. He obviously got, and like to your point, LJ, a lot of people were doing it. Yeah. So Lance just happened to be the best ever while also doing it with him. I mean, I think what, what turned me sour on him more so was like what he did with the, the, the woman where he, he called the woman who basically yeah. exposed him like a, a slut or prostitute. I think a whore. I, yeah, but. I think he did. Okay. Yeah. And then he kind of apologized, but also was like, I don't know if I said that. I, I don't know what I said. Like he was so, yeah. the way he, the way I he said it was it. like, okay, yeah. so you know, you said it, you just don't want to admit to it. Like, yeah. The way he was just, and I, hell, I don't know what he said, obviously, but it just sounded, it sounded completely like a guy who's like, well, I'm not going to admit to it. I'm not going to say I did, I'm not going to say I did, but I'm not going to yeah. admit to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think y'all have a point, though. He did leave, the, the world is a better place because of Lance than it was before Lance. Even if he was, some people, like, was a dickhead to some people, I think. He, the money they raised for cancer was a lot. Well, and a lot still do under his brand, right? Like, it's. Livestrong still does a lot. I, that woman talked about uh, fertility now or fertile something. I can't remember, but it was about um, uh, young. It adults. was like a, it was a fund where if you get diagnosed with cancer, you can go get your eggs frozen. Like, yes, like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, and and they. And she was they, like, "I have a beautiful family because of Lance because yeah, of this organization." I, I mean, that's that. That's big. awesome. Well, not that's only cool. the money that he raised, the hope that he gave to cancer patients that, yeah. oh my God, look what this guy did. I can recover from this and I can lead a full life. You know, so he did more good than bad, but he did some, it's a good thing he did a lot of good. Yeah, right. He, he, <laughs> if know. he had been just okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just thought my big takeaway, I guess, was this wasn't, this documentary was not his like apology tour. No. This was just another, this was just him to get back in the news site. This was just Lance like, oh, someone's willing to, to film and talk about Lance? I'm always yeah. down to talk about Lance, baby. <laughs> and he just got in front of the camera. Because, like, you think about that Michael Jordan documentary. Most of those interviews, there was, like, three different shots. like they so they Or maybe even two. Two different shots. So, like, he only did, like, two interviews. 
Lance has got the, the bandana on his finger in one, a different shirt in the other, different house in the other. Lance the told that crew, show the, up whenever. Y'all just show up. I'm ready whatever. to talk. <laughs> My man Lance was just ready to talk. And so did y'all see the scene where, like, so I kept thinking at the beginning, like, why the hell? He keeps lifting his hand up. He has this bandaid on his finger. you got to think someone by him. He's like, what the hell are you doing, Lance? Yeah. So that scene where they showed he was cutting the potatoes or whatever and cut his finger, yeah. they only included that because he kept showing his damn hand in the, yeah. in the camera, right? Well, uh, and he is such a damn drama queen. I mean, of course. <laughs> but, like, they were talking about, oh, the tip must have fallen into the salad. And, and like, constantly he's holding it up on the screen saying, well, i got to keep it elevated right by my face. And uh, <laughs> where I mean, the camera can see it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, what oh a needy, lance. needy person! But I mean, did some great things. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other documentary, LJ. I don't think you've got to see it, but I know you know this era. You know this era for sure. The yeah. Long Gone Summer, which was kind of the main. It kind of was talking about the steroid era, but more specifically, the year that Mark McGuire and Sandy Sosa just went banana. And Ken Griffey Jr went bananas bet, hitting yeah. home runs. Um, I'll, I'll throw this out there. My first thought, my boy Mark is still yoked. Yeah. He still looked like a big old dude to this <laughs> day. Well, I think he's like 6'5", um, and he probably goes 255, 260, and he is jacked. I mean, he's a big, solid man. Um, Pops, I, I know I was interested in watching this because – I really feel like this was the last time like baseball seemed cool. Like to me, not to everybody, obviously, but I thought like these. Yeah, you got were, some greens right now that are throwing their headphones off. <laughs> yeah. I, I know Uncle Tony right now is like, you son of a he, he might he's he's probably a, a martini deep and cussing me out. But <laughs> I just thought this was the time when baseball was awesome. Everyone like everyone wanted to be a part. And what was crazy to me, LJ, and I know you didn't see this, but his the 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 testosterone boosters were in his locker right there. Beside his dip, beside his Gatorade, wow. like they weren't Bold. hidden at all. Because I don't think people were worried. Now, their big argument was that this was sold over the counter. Anybody could get this. You'd go to any CVS and grab what they were getting. They weren't like using some crazy black market steroids. Now, they might have also been you know, shooting up also. Because there's there's rumors. I forget the player. One of the players said you knew which players you couldn't slap on the butt because they'd be <laughs> bruised because they just took a shot. So I think this was very going around all over the place, but dad, what, what were your thoughts? Just kind of watching that. Well, I think to, to piggyback on what you were saying, I think they really kind of blew over the steroid thing. They didn't address it till very late in the documentary. It was a two hour documentary. And it was like they didn't 20 minutes left. Yeah. Minutes. Something like that. And then I thought it was very interesting that they really, when they really addressed it, they centered on Barry Bonds. Uh, right. I, I thought, why center on Barry Bonds when McGuire? <laughs> so I think the clear implication was that both McGuire and Sosa probably were taking shots of of steroids. Um, so I thought that was odd. The other thing, well, certainly it got me into baseball. I'm not the biggest baseball fan. I've never uh, said that I was, um, but that sure got me into baseball at the time. But Sammy Sosa says somewhere near the end, they're talking to him about steroids. He's like, I don't know why anybody wants to know about what I, if I did steroids, you know, everybody was doing it. And I'm like, Sammy, you hit 66 home runs, dude. That's why everybody's asking it. You know, they probably would have asked everybody that hit 66 home runs. They didn't ask the guy that tested positive for steroids, but also hit one home run yeah. his entire game. Yeah. They just were like, huh. <laughs> they didn't ask him. And final thought is, you know, they showed some of Ken Griffey Jr., that's when Ken, oh it's beautiful oh, it is the most graceful 
beautiful thing. I mean, McGuire it might be the and the best Sosa, movement in sports. Oh, it's beautiful. It is a <laughs> it is a beautiful piece of art to watch. There yeah. you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, um, so that's what yeah, I got Gr- out of King it. Griffey, and they didn't touch much. King Griffey, you know. I, I forget the exact number, but King Griffey had like 50-something that year. I had an insane year. Now, unfortunately, Mark McGuire hit 70, so no <laughs> one cares about your 50. Um, yeah, I thought it was – that the part pops where the whole thing is about Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and how they had this amazing home, home run back and forth, who was going to end up with the most, and they ended up both testing positive for steroids. And then, like, towards the end, they're like – one, they treated it the same way baseball did, where they just really didn't want to talk about it yeah. until they absolutely had to. And then they were like, like Pop said, it was like all these guys were hitting home runs, and then all of a sudden steroids. But it was Barry Bonds at seventy three. Barry Bonds at seventy. You know, he was the reason yeah. why steroids. Like it was like, well, no, 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 no. It was a lot of people in the Mitchell report. Um, yeah, right. They right. really thing, did. They kind of got on Barry and Barry Bonds. I think because he was not the most, the easiest dude to to interview. You know, he was a a very difficult guy to guy, I think, his personality. But it, it just rubbed me wrong that, I mean, here this story is about two guys that were on steroids jacking all these home runs, and they don't yeah. talk about that until they talk about Barry Bonds hitting 73. It's just yeah. really weird. Technically, this is what Cubs fans will tell you. I don't know if LG's heard this Roman around Chicago. The Cubs fans will tell you Sammy Sosa had never actually confirmed tested positive. There was just a source that said he was on the unanimous – or on the anonymous uh, Mitchell report. Oh, okay. So I haven't heard we that. Don't yet. know. That's what Coast fans will take to their grave. At least real or diehard Sammy Sosa. Ones. Yeah. I think you look from uh, both Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. The documentary showed them from rookie year yeah. to uh, the year with '98 where they hit all the home runs. There's a huge. There's not just like hitting the gym a few times. There's there's right. some big differences involved there. Now Sosa will say funny. This is not one in the documentary, but Sosa said. The reason for the weight gain and the difference was because he had what was it a not a, a a tooth a wisdom tooth issue, and he wasn't able to eat food like eat a lot of food because it hurt all the time. And once once he got Chicago, he got that wisdom tooth taken out, and the Chicago hot dogs are so good. That's where he said he gained all his weight. There's some logic there. <laughs> he found Portillos. <laughs> um, um, a few. Well, well, I wanted to ask you guys this. Do those guys deserve to be, or should they be in the Hall of Fame? Sammy Sosa for sure is not. I don't think Mark McGuire is. Barry Bonds is not. I uh, my answer is I think that um, there should be a section in the Hall of Fame that says they're like, part of baseball's history. Yeah, and, no and doubt. I think they're no doubt. They're they're generally. I don't know. I, I I still see that as a positive experience with baseball, honestly. And so I think that there is like a a positive side to what they did. Um, but I, I do think that it needs to be its own room um, away from all of the greats uh, from before and after them. Um, so you're saying let's not put Barry Bonds right beside Babe Ruth, but right. Let's or still like have Babe Ruth there. Koufax or something I mean, like Barry that, Bonds. you know, like uh, they, they, they deserve top billing. And then you also have this other room where it's like, by the way, you want to see the craziest shit that can happen here. It is like, watch this tape. And uh, I think that should be in the Hall of Fame somewhere. Like, that's something that I think will be cool to look at someday, um, but shouldn't be compared directly to the non-steroid eras. Well, it's like we brought up, it's like we brought up earlier in the podcast. I mean, we didn't say by name, but like pitcher, Roger Clemens, maybe the best pitcher of the era, also tested positive for steroids. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was a only batters were allowed to take steroids. I think it was running rampant. Yeah. Uh, Pops, what do you? 
it sounds like you're kind of saying it's at least history. It's history. I, it is. I mean, that that is history of the game. I mean, it, you is that not what the Hall of Fame is? And that's what the it Hall is. So yeah, I think I like LJ's uh, uh, assertion to let's have a little separate wing or something because it's 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 a fact. It happened. And it was amazing. It brought a lot of eyeballs to yeah. the game. It was yes, it was fascinating. So, does I mean? So does Pete Rose get in? I mean, that's well, a whole I, different thing. I, I think should, absolutely. I think, think Pete Rose should get in. Absolutely. I think I, he, I think Pete Rose should probably be in before these guys. Uh, yeah, I think he should have been in. I think that we're yeah. already we owe him a Hall of Fame spot right now. Um, it's I overdue. Um, all right. Now I have a few notes that are aren't as like provocative questions it's just like funny things that i saw in the in the documentary one lj have you ever been a quick question have you ever been to a cubs game uh no no i've been okay no i haven't well one i saw there was a sign they were talking they did a lot of talking to carrie wood because carrie wood was the, yeah. the phenom right picture. right um there was a sign it was kind of like when we saw that the sean kemp sign in that seattle <laughs> legalized in kemp. the last dance legalized <laughs> kemp there was a sign up there that said it was it was talking about carrie wood and it said who needs Viagra when you got the wood? <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. That was pretty um, good. Other question I had, a lot of the old clips, all the Cubs fans, or not all, but a lot of Cubs fans wore no shirts. Is that like a thing at Wrigley? You just don't wear a shirt? Well, there's the beach bombs. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that there is a long tradition of unruly, drunk, fat dudes sitting in the <laughs> right behind the ivy. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, totally. well, then yeah. Oh, it makes sense. Makes, <laughs> there's a lot of Cubs fans in these clips that were not wearing shirts. And I was like, I don't know if that's a thing or what. Um, <laughs> another thought I had watching, and, and a, lot, a lot of criticism for this uh, documentary has been it didn't really tell you anything you didn't already know, and it was just a, bunch, a big highlight reel of the home runs. To that point, it was just a ton of home runs. They were moonshots. They were pretty cool home yeah. runs to watch. And I had two thoughts watching them. One, as far as sports sounds go, oh. the crack when the ball hits the, when the ball hits the bat and it goes out of the park, like you hear that. I don't know. I can't make the sound here, but yeah, that, that's a good sports sound. That's up there on the like Mount, the Mount Rushmore of sports. Sounds, yeah, yeah, cool. especially Very in cool like a, especially in a really tense situation where the crowd gets quiet at the start of the pitch, and so you hear nothing but the crack and then a and delayed then eruption. By the crowd. Oh, it's so cool! It is such a cool. Like I'll throw in there as as more of a, as more of a basketball player. When I, I would probably say the swish to me is better because I've you know I've never hit a home run. I know that's shocker to a lot of you. <laughs> um, so I don't know what that sound feels like personally. I've switched one or two shots in my lifetime. So I like that sound, but the crack of the bat was awesome. And then LJ, they mentioned a spot where they were talking about how fans got obsessed with home runs at this point. And they were saying St. Louis fans are really smart fans. And a lot of times when, when a ball would be hit hard, instead of watching the ball, they would look at the outfielders. They said smart fans look at the outfielder. And you can tell right away if they're running to a spot, then it's not a home run. If they're not, then they already know it's a home run. Fair enough. I never even thought about that. Yeah. I was like, wow, that makes total sense. Yeah. I guess I'm clearly in the category of not smart fan when it comes to baseball. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but they said Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa hit so many home runs. The fans just quit. As soon as they saw the ball hit up, they just went crazy. They, they knew it was gone. Pop up. Yeah. Even if, even if it wasn't, though, they're just like every time they were so ready to see a home run that they were just, that's all they were watching. And then last point pops was when they brought up, or just not when they brought it, but the baseball gods were really good to baseball at that point. The Cubs and Cards both met with Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire at, what, 61? Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. One away from the record? That is insane. Well, and, like and that had, that was the baseball that. gods. That had to be luck because those games are scheduled, you know, well ahead of time. Far in advance, yeah. Wow, what a... And yeah. then on that same game was when Mark McGuire hit 62, 
and the ball doesn't go to a fan, and instead it goes to a, a it goes to a dead spot where a groundskeeper runs and gets it, and then that groundskeeper instantly gives it, just hands it over to Mark McGuire. That ball is worth millions oh, yeah. of dollars. Yeah, just sell it to Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire will probably pay it for at least you know something for it. Yeah. I mean, the baseball gods were looking out on that day, yeah. that day specifically. Well, the no kid joke. was so cool. He goes, here, Mr. McGuire, I think I have something that's yours. I mean, that was it was cool. but <laughs> It was super cool. Yeah, it was super cool, and it was cool to hear that guy. It did seem like this documentary, which I'm sure you'll be a fan of this, Pops, because I know you were a Dave Letterman guy. They showed a bunch of Dave Letterman clips talking to Sosa, Mark McGuire, that groundskeeper. They showed quite a few on Lance, too. Is that just becoming the thing for ESPN? Maybe ESPN is just a bigger Letterman guy than they are. I mean, know. they're right. They're right. I do miss Letterman. <laughs> Golly, though. Gosh, he was great. He was good. He yeah. was so good. Um, What was what – was, was, I don't know if there was anything else. Sammy Sosa won the MVP that year, Pops. I yeah, didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not McGuire. Oh, I didn't know that either. Sosa won. Mm-hmm. Huh. I would just assume McGuire won it when he hit 70 home runs, but – did you, LJ, they did mention this in the documentary. McGuire did not want to play the last game where he hit two home runs to reach 70. He told Tony LaRusa, I don't want to play. And LaRusa's like, bro, you got to play. Why you wouldn't you want to play? He was like, he said he was broken down. Worn out. Oh, he says, well, I got fair. nothing else I mean, to give. And LaRusa said, dude, I'll be killed if I don't send you out the last <laughs> game. Uh, and he goes out there and hits two home runs. Yeah. And hits 70. Uh, and, yeah. Now, LaRusa didn't add that he may have also been like, hey, I'm going to send you out there and you're going to go ahead and take a shot real quick. So you're, um, <laughs> I, th- I thought it was good. I got a lot of hate. It wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, but I didn't think it deserved to be hate. A lot of people were hating on it because I highlighted I did think it was odd, like Pops mentioned off the top, that they only mentioned the last 15 yeah. of the entire thing. When that was the big point of the whole thing was, I thought it should at least get 30 yeah. to an hour, you know, half of it. Right, right. LJ, did you know, this is something I saw... It wasn't on the documentary, but the, there was a, the fight lawsuit and lingering tension that is, goes on with Sammy Sosa's 60-second home run that year. No. This is Chicago, and I thought you may have heard this. No, no, no. I don't know anything about this. So basically throughout 98, everyone, as soon as they were clicking close to the record, it was like, I get, and Pops, you remember, LJ, you might remember this. It was a well-known topic of, men, these balls, whichever is the 62, yeah. it's going to be so, it's going to be worth so much money. Whoever can get that ball, it's going to be worth so much money. And... Sosa had 61 in September 13th. He had 61 home runs and everyone knew whatever he, I think he had 60. And so everyone knew if those next two home runs are going to be so important. And Sosa hit 61 in the fifth inning of that game. And then in the ninth, he hit a 62nd home run, which passes Roger Maris. Even though he wasn't the first person to pass him. Right. He still passed him, which was insane. Huge. Yeah. And Mole Mullins is what he, what people would call a ball hawker. Okay. And it's the guy's LJ. I don't know if I figure you probably know the street. I didn't know it, but it was uh where to go? Wave Waveland. Yeah. What's the street called? Wait, is it Waveland? Yeah, Wave yeah. Waveland Avenue. It's where people like set up lawn chairs trying to catch home runs. Yep. And he was one of the people that do it all the time. I think yeah. he said he has like 130 home run balls from. Yeah. But obviously, it was very crowded that day. Yeah. Everyone wanted 60. Probably that day and many days before. Yeah. Um, he says the ball got. This is his story. The ball got hit over bounced and he caught it he says then he got it and he was grabbed by a ton of people tossed around ended up on the bottom of a huge dog pile with everyone trying to rip the ball from because essentially this could be a million dollar yeah a million dollar bill if, if right you will. right um and then a guy named brendan cunningham now it depends whose story you go with mullen says that a bunch of people came in there and somebody ripped the ball from brendan cunningham ended up having the ball after it was all said and done Cunningham says that he didn't know where the ball was. He just knew there was a scrum and reached in and grabbed it. 
And then yeah. later you could see Mullen says he saw Cunningham running as fast as he could away from the place yelling for police because people were chasing him. <laughs> and so he's trying to get protection. Funnily, what was funny to me is Mullen was so pissed about it. He hired a lawyer, filed an injunction to keep it to where Cunningham could not sell the ball or give it to anyone. Wow. And then eventually after a lot of lawsuits and all this stuff, it ended up going where uh, Cunningham just gave it to Sosa for nothing. Just gave it to him. He ended up getting to talk to then President Bill Clinton or as the last dance would call him, Arkansas resident. <laughs> and, and so he didn't get a ton of, he didn't get what he thought he was going to get from it. But I just, I didn't realize there was so much drama. It makes sense. Apparently, yeah. Mullen says that before that home run was hit, there was like legit, you know, gang members there and people who were very violent saying like they had their gun and they were going to, they were going to get this ball because it, it was, I mean, I didn't think about it, but that's a million dollar ticket just yeah. bouncing around. Whoever gets yep. it, the right person yep. can. And I can only imagine how bad that dog pile was. We talked about oh. the bottom of the dog pile in a football game. Bill Romanowski would have been scared down there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, that's all. That's all I had. I, I said that's all. Like it wasn't a lot. That's all I had from the the long gone. So, do you have anything else y'all wanted to add, or from Lance or Long Gone Pop? So, I just uh, being a nine year old during that summer was pretty damn cool. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there. I mean, I'm I'm sure a lot of people um are, were totally with me. I just that was a cool summer to be I a wanna, kid. Yeah, and I wanted, I do want to give a shout out. Not a, I mean, he's a cheater, but Barry Bonds. Like, I did feel bad that they they shitted on him. Like, basically painted him as the steroid guy, which I do think he kind of gets painted as that person. But LJ, do you? I think you said it before. I don't know if you still have it off off top of your mind. Wasn't there some crazy stat where Barry Bonds, like, if he didn't have a bat or something, yeah, uh, his average would have still. We'll been. have to post it in the show notes. There's this awesome video where if uh, if you don't give Barry Bonds a bat, but the pitchers don't know that then he still has the best batting average in the MLB that year or something like that because he was walked so many times. Wow. Then he was walked like two times that year with bases loaded. They were yeah. like, we will concede a run. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was like if you just took every uh, time that he hit the ball, um, that didn't happen, but every strike did happen. He still has the best batting average in the MLB that year. I think I'll have to look it up. We'll have to post that video. It's absurd. The the year <laughs> that he hit so feared. the the home run seventy three. Mm-hmm. Wow, I that think so, yeah. seventy three. Wow, because so think how many he would have hit. Feared man. Yeah, think yeah. How many he could have hit? Yeah, if they would have just pitched it to him. Yeah, it's crazy. I I mean Jack Buck said it best. I get they were cheaters, and I understand there's a black mark. But Jack Buck said it best in that documentary. He said, "Hell, seventy of a lot. Uh, seventy of anything is a lot." And yeah. That is true. Both Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds at 70 plus home runs, which is insane. So, yeah. Um, I did want to, before we go, I want to, I, as we always want to check us out wherever you wherever you get your podcast, make sure you're subscribed and rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you are. But I wanted to throw this out there. I know for sure I couldn't find a, a, a review spot on Spotify, but I know I saw a review spot on Apple and you don't have to have an iPhone to do it. You can go to sure. like Just Press Play Podcast and Google it on like Just Press Play Podcast Apple, and you'll see the link. If you go there and you write a review, the first person that writes a review and says, I want a shirt, I will personally oh, send you a t-shirt. Okay. I will personally send you a Just Press Play t-shirt. I just came up with it All while right. recording this podcast. Didn't even ask for Clarence and LJ, but I thought they'd be down. <laughs> All right, I cool. love it. Yeah. Leave us a review. A rating and review. The first person that says, I want a shirt, or if you just want to leave a review that says, like, y'all are idiots, that's fine too. But the person, the first person says, 
Y'all are idiots. I want a shirt. Is the one that's <laughs> actually going to get the shirt. And well, I'll don't put words dress, in their mouth, was... Kevin. Maybe they'll say something nice. <laughs> you could God also say. say, what an incredible podcast yeah. with a lot of insight. Yeah. Um, you could what say What an intellectual that. group of people. You could say, <laughs> but if you just say good something. looking. Whatever. <laughs> but if you just say something. Yeah, for a podcast, you look great. Uh, <laughs> I got a face for pop. But pod. if you just say something complimentary, that's not good enough, right, Kev? You've got to say, I want a shirt. I want a shirt. Okay. I want a shirt. First person that says it. And it has to be, I, that's because the only place I saw where you could for sure leave a review with words on it, that spot. So if you leave a review, I want a shirt, first person, I will personally find a way to reach out to you, get your address, and I will mail you a shirt. Bro, and uh, and if, it's, it's not just a shirt. I guess I should clarify. A just press play shirt. It's not <laughs> yeah. like a white t-shirt in my drawer. A little button down Hawaiian. Yeah. <laughs> An old Haynes um, V-neck that's all stretched out. <laughs> but if you do say Pops is good looking, you might end up getting like a whole bunch of shirts. I don't know. We'll see what happens. You might. Yeah, you never, you never I might know. clean all my old golf shirts out of the closet and hook you up. <laughs> and then for anybody who gets there and they're like, ah, oh, crap. someone Because I think you can see the, the reviews. And if you see there's a review that already says I want a shirt. While you're there, you already got to that point. Leave us a rating and a review. Let us know how much you love, hate, don't care about the Just Press Play podcast. And subscribe, like, find our show notes over at JustPressPlayPod.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, wherever. We're we just trying to get out and reach out to all of you. We want to let the fans be. A, we want to, at some point, I don't know how soon, find a way to incorporate more of the listeners into the pod. Maybe with a question a day. Hypotheticals. A yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be great. So just reach out to us. Let us know ways we you think we could do it or ways we could get better. We want to hear from you. Um, that does it for me. Y'all got anything else? Y'all good? I'm good, yeah. I'm good. All right, everyone. Have a good week. Be safe. And we will talk to you later. Peace out. Peace. Peace. Can we do another clap because uh, my recording stopped halfway through? Sure. Three, two, one. Fantastic. LJ, I wanted to ask you, and you may or may not be able to fit in the meeting, but if I like say and wait till the end, we have a surprise. Yeah. So they can like, try to uh, try to say it in like your your voice. Not like you're talking to me. Like you don't say it in Godzilla's voice. Say it in your voice. <laughs> opportunity for you to get a special gift from us. Now try an Ian McKellen's voice. <laughs> <laughs>